All right, let's be real about something. As we get older, get kids, pets, multiple jobs, it becomes harder and harder to find the right time to connect to your partner. But when you do get that sliver of a moment, you need to be ready. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Armchair All-American Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. What's up, Bells fans? Welcome to another episode of the Bird Calls Podcast. I'm your host, contributor to thebirdrights.com and Bleacher Report, Preston Ellis. The Pelicans' opening night loss to the Toronto Raptors, supplemented by Zion's meniscus surgery, might be dampening your mood right about now. So I wanted to remind you just how optimistic people outside of New Orleans are in terms of the Pelicans' potential in 2019-2020. Now, this is an excerpt from Hardwood Knox hosted by Dan Favelli and Andy Bailey, outlining what they like about this year's squad. Who could be on the trade market, who might become eligible for regular season awards, all that stuff. Now, I think you're into these excerpts because you've been downloading them, but if there's a different host or show that you'd prefer to hear uh, on our show, a different show that you're high on, a host, etc., just drop a comment on iTunes and I'll be sure to start monitoring that show or those shows and hopefully drop some of those excerpts here. For now, enjoy! The New Orleans Pelicans. Where do you want to start with them, Andy? Well, um, I guess the elephant in the room right now is Zion Williamson, who just had a surgery to repair a torn meniscus. And I I think we just got a... Oh, never mind. (laughs) Shams just tweeted sort of a behind-the-scenes story uh, about the knee injury. I thought maybe it was more news, but I'm guessing it's just a look back on everything. Um... They say he's out six to eight weeks. I I sort of think that they're probably going to wait a little bit longer than that. This seems like the kind of injury that you're going to be extremely cautious with. Um, I, I hope that it's not like a Blake Griffin situation where he ends up missing his entire rookie season. Uh, but if it means relative health going forward, then I'm, I'm all for that. I, it certainly puts a damper on the season for the Pelicans. I thought they were a sneaky playoff contender. Not not even sneaky, because a lot of people thought they were a playoff contender. Um, it's it's crazy to say, but because he's a rookie. But without Zion, I think a lot of that stuff probably goes out the window. I mean, from what I saw in the preseason, he was a huge part of what made them go. Um, he had, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he averaged something like 23 points on 12 field goal attempts. Um he he was just a machine out there, and I think this this changes a lot of things for the Pelicans. So I guess this is just sort of a general what's what's going to happen with Zion Williamson? Will they be um, you know well below five hundred by the time he gets back? Uh, does that change their approach to this injury? Um, are they no longer a sneaky playoff contender? I think there's just a bunch of new questions surrounding this team now that he's hurt. Yeah, I should have went first if I could have taken the gimme one on this one. But it's, 
it's what what is interesting, or maybe it's not interesting. Um, but as Jeff Stotts from In Street Clothes noted, like they elected for so they go with the the I think the meniscectomy or whatever it is or removal, and it's the more common of the two meniscus procedures, according to him, because it has the shorter recovery window. Um, but then you are at a higher risk of long-term issues. And so you hope that that's not what we see from Zion. The The flip side, though, would have been that if you had the meniscus repair, he Jeff Stotts, as he wrote, better long-term results. This is over at industryclose.com, but the recovery time leaks into months. And I even heard someone say that he would probably miss the year if that happened. And so you just hope that – I'm not saying the Pelicans are making – the wrong decisions here. You just hope that this doesn't become a reoccurring issue because I believe the right knee is the the one that he had a problem with at Duke as well. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know that specifically, but I would be concerned about that too. I don't. There's no reason to, and I, obviously the Pelicans have their own doctors to try and figure this stuff out. But if you have an option between the safer long term outcome. And and uh, not as safe long term outcome. You think you would take the first one just because you're not going to win a title this year anyway. Uh, you, I would, I would want to protect Zion uh, to to the best degree that I possibly could. I mean, he's he is absolutely the future of this team. So um, I don't know. That's that's all interesting stuff to think about for sure. I would wonder if maybe because his, I'm not a doctor here, this would be a question to throw to the MDs, but because of his body type, like does it maybe just make more sense to not do the repair? I, I honestly don't know. So because I, can't, I have no idea. You yeah. have to believe they have his best long-term interests at heart. So it's not even allegedly they do. They he's a rookie. Yeah. He's the, he is quite literally their future. So yeah, for um, sure. My first one for this team is are they, how much time is Nikhil Alexander Walker going to end up getting? Because look, it sounds funny because he had such a, this is a team that's kind of, not in the throes of a rebuild. It's a really plucky rebuild, but they also have these veterans on the team. And like you said, even without Zion, though, I do feel better about picking the under for them. Uh, they, they are a team that might have playoff hopes, particularly if they're hovering around 500 by the time he gets back. But Nikhil Alexander Walker sort of made a huge case for himself to play during the preseason. Uh, this is his per game stats where he only averaged 18.5 minutes in five preseason appearances, 15.4 points, uh, four assists. And he slashed 47.4, 46.7, and then 81.8. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that gets to the line a ton, but he can create separation with a step back that I don't think anyone knew he had coming out of college. He's looked a lot more comfortable shooting the three, just operating off the dribble. And he does seem like someone who could run an offense. And then he just, he has the tools defensively. And if you had, I don't know if it becomes redundant to have him holiday and Lonzo ball on the court at the same time, but you could really do a lot of, disruptive defensive stuff with with those three and I don't know if Zion's injury helps ensure that he sees the court more because maybe New Orleans is now more inclined to go with Brandon Ingram playing power forward a bunch which sends open spots on the wing and they're going to put Drew Holiday as the de facto three and yada 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 but I want to see if where he was in the preseason 18 to 20 minutes per game is where he winds up in the regular season or is it going to be less or, or could it possibly be more I hope it's more as you know Yes, you've been on the Nikhil Alexander-Walker uh, bandwagon for a while. I can attest to that. Um, it's uh, he was he was actually one of my things to pay attention to as well. Um, and and 
<laughs> I just, I, who knows about this? I threw out possible rookie of the year candidate in Nikhil Alexander Walker. If Zion Williamson is out for an extended period of time, the, the race becomes wide open. And I think John Morant is probably the favorite at that point. He looked pretty good in the preseason. Um, but if I don't know if you had to pick like the five or six best rookies that we've seen so far, I think he's probably in the mix. Um, so that was actually one of my things to pay attention to as well. Yeah, that's um, a good one. How it impacts the rookie of the year race with him. Yeah, for sure. So I will actually I'll go to my other one um, since that's pretty much off the table. <laughs> Do one or either or both of the Lonzo Ingram. Um, pairing breakout this season i mean how how much different will they look uh with this run and gun pelicans offense as opposed to what they were what they had with the lakers uh will lonzo ever figure out how to shoot um can brandon ingram expand his game beyond the mid-range a little bit um zion is again he's he's the key to everything with the pel with the pelicans going forward but if if one of these guys can break out and sort of hit the potential that we thought they had coming into the NBA, I think that changes uh, the long-term outlook of the Pelicans quite a bit. So, and I actually think both of them could uh, still break out. I'm probably a little bit higher on Lonzo than I am on Ingram, but I, I think there's, especially from what I've seen this preseason, I think there's reason to believe that both of them can be pretty good. Lonzo still has has had a really tough time hitting shots in the preseason, and that's obvious. That I mean, that's the biggest thing with him and it has been from the from the moment he entered the nba but uh if if they can even get one of those guys to break out i think that changes things quite a bit yeah ingram would have been one of mine specifically i feel like ball is going to have the easier transition in alvin gentry's offense for ingram can he just be more of a team like a member of the team on offense because he he has it off the dribble he gets to his spots you don't always like his spots but he really is fluid when he has the ball we know he's disruptive on defense. We've seen him with Lakers last year. He played some really good defensive minutes at the four uh, for the Lakers games, again, that that I saw. It's can he look at the rim when he's catching the ball from the outside, up his three-point volume, and just be a more part of the offense when he's off the ball? And he needs to because, look, you have – I know Drew Holiday's played a bunch of off-guard, but Drew Holiday is going to get his touches. Lonzo Ball is going to get his touches. If Alexander Walker plays, he's going to get his touches. Even J.J. Redick. I, I know Philly didn't lean on the pick-and-roll last year. But J.J. Redick has been phenomenal when he has the ball in his hands, is able to run pick and rolls over the past two seasons, and it's pretty much accounted for about 10% of his offense. I don't know if New Orleans is going to match that, but I do think for Ingram to succeed, there's more question marks just because he's yet to really show that he can function as a member of the collective on offense. When he has the ball, you can see a lot of it. And he's had really strong closes um, to the past two seasons before injuries kind of derailed his campaigns. Uh, My... My thing, my second thing for the Pelicans would just be what does the rotation end up looking like? Who's who are going to be the odd players out? Darius Miller's injury almost makes it easier for them a little bit, but like Josh Hart, Etwan Moore, I mentioned Nikhil Alexander Walker before, and then one of their bigs, Jackson Hayes or Jaleel Okafor, uh, maybe even Nicole Mello, like there's going to be odd men out. Uh, from that group, I would say at least two or three because you can't play everyone. And then especially when Zion Williamson comes back. I just want to know who's going to suffer the most. And my guesses would be that we're looking at Jackson Hayes would probably see very sparing time. And then once Zion's back, you're going to probably see just less of, of Okafor 
maybe even less of Melly, or maybe they just do like this platoon up front where you see Derek Favors' playing time suffer because they want to get everybody burned. And then mm-hmm. I do think that uh, Etuan Moore's playing time is going to suffer. And then also, if if you have Nikhil Alexander-Walker still playing well in the regular season, that I think ends up hurting Josh Hart a little bit too. Yeah, they've... <laughs> They're one of those teams that almost has too many guys, and he, you probably can't go there with a team like the Pelicans because they're young and um, you know they they have plenty of opportunity to experiment this season. But there are a lot of guys who could be rotation players on this team. Um, it's a it's a wild spot <laughs> to be in for a team that just traded their franchise player uh, a few months ago. This is this is one of the quickest rebuilds i think we've ever seen and maybe maybe i'm jumping the gun a little bit there because we haven't actually seen them in the regular season yet they're going to be without possibly their best player for a couple of months but they they are loaded with talent and that makes figuring out a rotation pretty tough and you you already went to your third thing right you used that up yep so uh, i'll i'll throw something else out there it's the under the radar thing it's kind of similar to the, the uh the excuse me, the Rockets won, but as my Slack continues to go off like crazy, um, <laughs> the NBA 100 published, say, a Bleacher Report for anyone who wants to check it out. So I'm being inundated with questions and everything. So anyway, uh, I, this team is more built for a trade than I think we're talking about. It sort of feels like because now Bradley Beal signed his extension and they're rebuilding that they wouldn't be a team that makes that move. But if there's someone who's a little bit younger that's on the trade market, I could see them really going for it. And so the two names that are standing out to me, this one I don't wholeheartedly believe will reach the chopping block. But if the Pacers start out slow and they're really concerned about the Sabonis-Turner pairing, they might maybe they kick around what Turner could get on the open market. I know there were reports. Uh, I think it was from Jay Michael who covers the – or no, I think I'm, I'm misread. It was someone who covers the Pacers had a report that people were trying to get him – over the offseason, and one of them was the Pelicans leading into the draft, and the Pacers rebuffed it. I'm just wondering if do we see that change because they just paid Sabonis. You know, they can't, the poison pill stuff is going to make it difficult to trade him. So he would be the one that I would want to move long term. But do the Pacers consider it if the offer's there if Oladipo comes back and isn't himself and they kind of fall out of the, the, the playoff picture in the East where they're about to? And this team just has really interesting contracts when you look at favors expiring deal 17.7 million Etoine Moore at 8.7 million i know darius miller is injured but he has a non-guarantee next year that's fully non-guaranteed so his 7.3 million dollar salary becomes an interesting trade chip and that's just if they look at moving ingram maybe uh just because they don't want to pay him in restricted free agency and he seems with jalen brown now off the market one of those players that might get that oh he's young we're just going to try and drum up his price and if if the Pelicans match, then we've you know hurt their books a little bit. If they don't, we have this young player. So I think they could do something. Maybe it's an Aaron Gordon, you know, Orlando. Might put, they have just so many bigs and stuff that if you if they don't really trust Aaron Gordon as a three long term or someone who can handle the ball, they look at moving him, and he would be a great fit next to Zion Williamson, a smaller front court. But I still think they could be really good defensively. That's something that I think we need to watch out more for with this team than we're talking about. Yeah, um, I can see that. That I think that goes into having a ton of talent, which we just talked about too. I mean, it's, you you certainly have um, more opportunities for trades if you if you want to go that route. Quick hitters. Did you want to lead us through these, or you want me to keep going? Um, I can do it. Yes. <laughs> Are they going to grade out higher on offense or defense? This one was actually kind of tough for me 
I'm yeah. going to say offense just because the number of young players, but I could very, it could be, I could see them being up to like top 10 in both. Maybe with Zion out, that's being a little bit, uh, you know, overzealous, but I'm, I'm going to say offense. I have sub-zero confidence in that pick though. Uh, sub-zero, my favorite Mortal Kombat character. That was, that was interesting. That was never a Mortal Kombat guy. Is that you were not game? ready for that poll, were you? No, I just, I just like, did you play it on Sega? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, I did. I and I was um, always trying very hard to make sure my parents didn't see that I was playing that game. I don't know if it was like allowed for my older siblings and not me, but I do remember thinking like, I cannot let my my parents see me playing this. Um, <laughs> anyway, where am I? Uh, I'm going to go with defense. I love it. I'm I'm with you. I think this was actually a pretty hard decision to make. I, I went back and forth a couple times. Um, but I think Drew Holiday, uh, stellar defensive player. Derek Favors, really good defensive player. I think Lonzo Ball is better on defense than he is on offense right now. Um, Ingram has the length to be really good on defense. So I think you're right to be concerned about the youth. And, and generally, young teams aren't great defensively. Uh, but I think they have some really good defensive anchors on this team. So I went with defense. It could very easily be either to me. Yeah, for sure. Breakout candidate. I'm just going to go with Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I just feel like he – I know it's a rookie, but and we're hesitant to do that. If you, if I had to pick another one, I, I really – you know I'll die on the Brandon Ingram Hill. I, I, will, yeah. I will be murdered on that and do not care. So he would be <laughs> my pick. But Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I couldn't believe – look, I get infatuated with one or two players ahead of every draft. I don't think they're getting enough love. And I'm not – I'm never going to take real victory laps because of all the times I'm wrong. And just to throw that out there, yes, I had Shea Gilgis Alexander as one of them. I also had Frank Nielakina and Justin Patton uh, as previous <laughs> picks in that category too. So, but I just feel like he's going to demand playing time for this team, and we're going to see him be a meaningful contributor to a team that's not going to be flat out bad. They're a team that even if they don't make the playoffs, I think is going to be respectable. So he's going to be my pick. I think that's a fair pick. Um, I am going with Nicolo Melli. He um, he kind of strikes me as like the next um, Nikola Miritich, and that might not sound like a, a real high ceiling, but Miritich was a good, solid player for the years that he was over here in the NBA. Um, never had like a huge role on any of the teams that he was on, but he was he was a, a decent catch and shoot guy. Um, one thing that's impressed me about Melly as I've watched him in the preseason is he he really attacks the boards. Um, so I, I think there's more to him than just a catch and shoot option. I think he plays hard. Um, he's not going to be like a lockdown defender or anything, but I think he's going to be an important player for them. He's, he's going to be in the rotation all season, I think. So he's mine. I dig it. I wonder if they kind of go with, with Zion out, if they are looking to play small, do we see like him at the five a little bit? Yeah, I could even see that. He's he's I think he's six eight, but he just plays big. He he really seems big out there. And I think there's a difference between um I, I think I think guys who aren't necessarily big can play bigger than they are. That's what I'm trying to say. David um, agrees. Yeah. Strongest year end award candidate. This is tough, but I'm gonna say rookie of the year because they have two possibilities. Is yeah. Zion, if he comes back within the six to eight win- week window and then we don't see any setbacks from there, he, I think he could still absolutely win it. And as, as infatuated as we might be with John Morant or R.J. Barrett, uh, DeAndre Hunter handling the ball a bunch in Atlanta, uh, Brandon Clark in Memphis as well, I, I think that this rookie class is probably still a little bit weak enough 
uh, where he could, even if he misses a ton of time, that maybe voters will gravitate towards him. But also Nikhil Alexander-Walker. We already talked about it. If Zion's going yeah. to be out and he actually gets a role on this team, that's someone who could uh, distinguish himself. The only other one that I could really make a case for, I think, would be like, I don't even know if I could. Maybe a, a, a most improved player, if you're looking at Ball or or Ingram. But but beyond that, they would have to win a ton of games for Gentry to get coach of the year. Uh, so rookie of the year is my, my pick by far and away. Yeah, and I think I, I just went with Zion for rookie of the year, even if he does miss a couple of months if he if he comes back and looks as good as he did in those preseason games I think he's instantly the front runner I don't think there's anything the rest of the class can do to separate themselves if he only misses a month or two and I'm just going to trust the initial diagnosis right now so if he comes back in six to eight weeks um, and he's he's right back to the player that we saw in the preseason I think he's probably going to run away with it assuming he stays healthy after that um but it's it's certainly more of a question than it was even a week ago. So I'm I'm still going with Zion for rookie of the year. Offbeat lineup that you would like to see. Well, you know what? I can still pick Zion in there, right? Because he's gonna play this season. I'm going Zion, and maybe it's not offbeat because I feel like this has become popular. Um and actually I'm gonna change it because this one's not popular. Zion, Brandon Ingram at the four, Drew Holiday at the three. Redick and Nikhil Alexander Walker. I that leaves Lonzo Ball off of it. I just want to see it. I want. I need to see it. I don't know if you maybe. I don't think you lack playmaking because one Zion can handle the ball. But even if you worry about kind of his facilitation in the half court, Drew Holiday is basically a point guard. I know he's played the two guard a bunch over the past few years, but he's a really good point guard too. And mm-hmm. then I I trust Alexander Walker to to run the offense again. I know that leaves Lonzo Ball out, but if you're gonna have Ingram and Zion on the court at the same time, there's a chance that it makes. Uh, more sense to have uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, uh, definitely Redick, but Nikhil Alexander Walker or a Drew Holiday because they probably pro- project as higher percentage, higher volume shooters. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I went with uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, JJ Redick, Lonzo at the three, Ingram at the four, and Zion at the five. Wait, can um, you run that back for me? Nikhil Alexander Walker at the one. I already love it. <laughs> J.J. Redick at the two because I'm going to need some shooting with this group. Lonzo Ball at the three, Brandon Ingram at the four, and Zion at the five. Um, And like you said, we're not going to be able to see this lineup for a while because obviously Zion's hurt. That's been a a running theme throughout this uh, team preview. But I I just love the positional versatility of this group. I think they can switch all over the floor uh, with the possible exception of Redick. But again, I think he would need to be on with a group like this because you need somebody who can space the floor a little bit. Um, Although Nikhil Alexander-Walker has shown that he can certainly provide some of that. I want the dead eye in there as well. Um, So that's that's my group right there. Hey, your boy Melly. You put him at the five now with Zion out if we want to see an Eastern version of the lineup. Yeah, I can throw it out uh, earlier before... Zion gets back. Player most likely to get traded. Gambling. It's not the most prevalent of topics at the family barbecue, but the truth is, it can be quite fun. Picking a couple of friends to play some friendly wagers before a game can immediately raise the stakes and make your Sundays even more exhilarating. And that's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Football fans, you can even bet after kickoff. So if it looks like your bet is fading, just take the other side. 
If you like to bet a lot, try a parlay. You can multiply your winnings and brag to your friends as the money rolls in. But now is the best time to join because my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. I think it's Etwan Moore. Darius Miller's contract mm-hmm. made me want to pick him, but he's injured. And so I would, maybe the team that would trade for that contract would actually want him to be there and hit standstill threes. Uh, Etwan Moore just seems like one of the guys that's going to suffer the most. And so perhaps they can offload him to a contender for something small, the middle of the season, a second round pick or something. I don't think they'll, they're definitely not going to get that value for Darius Miller. And then this would probably be selling too low on Josh Hart. So he would be my pick. That's re- There's really no huge logic. I'm not predicting a blockbuster for them necessarily, even though I'd monitor it for them. That He just seems like the type of player that would be included in any iteration of a trade that they make. Yeah, I could see that. I went with JJ Redick. Um, Holy hell. <laughs> here's why. I, I don't think he'll get traded, and I honestly don't think the Pelicans make a big trade at any point this season. But if they're just not very good, which I think is in the cards, especially with Zion Hurt for the first little bit of the season, um, they could look to explore some trade possibilities. And I think Redick is a guy, maybe more than anybody else on that roster, who can he can just instantly be plugged in on a contender. So a contender could talk themselves into um, you know, throwing a couple assets New Orleans way to get this this, you know, knockdown shooter off the bench. I hate that um cliche, but I couldn't think of anything else in the moment. Um so I, I think his desirability around the league is probably why I'm doing that. And and also I think he's got one of those salaries that's pretty tradable. I think he's at like 14 million a year. So it's good salary matching piece. But again, I don't think they're going to make a trade. I just think if things go off the rails, I I wouldn't be shocked to see him move to a team that's actually going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, if he wants to be a contender and doesn't want to be part of even one year of a rebuild, if he thinks that they can make the jump next year, I could. there's a path to that. Yeah, and he keeps his playoff streak alive. Yeah, that's why he demands a trade in January. He needs <laughs> to keep his playoff streak alive. Where do you think they'll land in the West? I think they're going to be 9, 10, 11 range. And if if Zion's going to miss more than eight weeks, I'd probably tilt towards the 11. It just feels like between the Kings and the Mavericks and the Pelicans, I know you might have the Mavericks in the playoffs. Those are going to be the teams that fight for the, the 9, 10, and 11 spots in the West. I do think they have a ceiling of getting to like 7 or 8, though. And so that's that's pretty much where I have them. Um, as you know, I've been going with ranges here, and I have a huge one. I, I put 7 through 14. I'm tempted to modify it a little bit with Zion's entry because if you if you get behind in the West this year, it's just going to be really, really hard to catch up. And I think there's the possibility that they fall behind in these opening couple of months. So maybe I bump it to like 9 to 14. Um, but I, I'm not quite ready to rule them out of the playoffs. So I'm going to stick with seven to fourteen. Um, what is your bold-ish prediction for this team? That they make a trade, a semi-substantial trade. You you brought up an interesting point that I didn't even consider. If they become sellers for some reason, there are interesting trades they can make there between Derek Favors, uh, JJ Redick, of course, uh, or if they're playing really well and there's just this opportunity that arises on the trade market again. And Aaron Gordon, yeah, they could go either way. They could go either way, and so I think they do not just a trade. I think they do semi-biggest trade, which might be refreshing because it doesn't seem like we're set up looking at players that could be available for anything truly weird to happen this year. 
I don't know if I have a bullish <laughs> prediction for this team. I put I I tentatively put Nikhil Alexander Walker gets more Rookie of the Year votes than uh, Zion because he's going to play all season, and I just don't know what's going to happen with Zion. But I I don't want to uh, I don't want to put that out into the universe. Although I already did. I want I want Zion back. I, he makes them so fun to watch. So I I want him to make a speedy and full recovery. Um, Gosh, I don't even I don't even know what my bold prediction for this team would be in the absence of that. Um, how, how's that for a, a rousing way to close out the Pelicans preview? Yeah, that's certainly a rousing way. Classic Andy Hedge. <laughs> at least you at least you stayed on brand. That's right. Yeah, I don't I don't like to say anything I can't back up, Dan. You know this about me. <laughs> listening to the bird calls on the armchair all-american network if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today